Welcome. To Basic Snitches. Oh, I thought this was going to be another one word at a time thing. Oh, no, I'm bad at that. I was going to do several words at a time. (laughs) (laughs) That's Hato Lady. (laughs) What's my name again? Why do you always do this to me? (laughs) Because that's what I do. My name is Dick Harmonica. And today... (laughs) That is Dick Harmonica. Today, this is Basic Snitches. Today, this is Basic Snitches. Just today. (laughs) Just today. And today we are discussing Chapter 14 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. <laughs> Why do I keep doing that? I don't Why know. Why do I keep doing that? But my brain is like, I just love Umbridge so much. What the fuck is wrong with you? I know. Why would you ever say that out loud? I'm sorry. Chapter 14, Felix Felicis. Felix Felicis. As you may have noticed in the last episode, we were like on a really crazy high. And then we have like slowed down a lot. But we got a good episode for you today. Yes, we do, friends. We're going to do it. We're going to do the thing. Let's do this thing. Acknowledging our patrons. Thank you, you quens. Their names are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, Megan, Nisi, Olivia, Nicole, and Raph. Y'all are great. We need more of you to join that list. Patreon.com slash basic snitches. This week's Patreon exclusive for everyone who's on our Patreon. You may recall that a few weeks ago I had Tara impromptu react to a YouTube video. Well, we do that again, but this one is better, I think. We're doing the thing. We're going to talk about chapter 13 real quick first. Who do you think's winner or loser is? The winner is Phineas Nigelis Black. Let's just say that. Knowing you, I'm going to say that. Because I don't necessarily think, like, Dumbledore or Harry were worthy. And I know you're not going to give it to Mrs. Cole. No, I'm not giving it to Mrs. Cole. And so I'm going to say Phineas Nigelis Black. And I'm going to say the loser is probably Tom Riddle. You are right. Wow. those. Yes, I haven't been right in a long yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> listen. I was like, yeah, Phineas Nigelis being sassy, yes, please. Mostly because there's really no one else to get the win. And Phineas is like, I don't care that I'm a fucking portrait. I'm going to go check this shit out. You know what? Good for him. At least somebody is looking out for Harry's best interests. Right. Okay. I didn't even think of it that way, but I'm like, you know what? Harry could use someone in his corner right now. Right? Dumbledore's like, oh no. Dung, dung, what is his name? Thunderbore? Dung. Oh. <laughs> dung. I call him Dung. That fucker's stealing from you. Okay, so anyway, let's do this. Like, yeah. Dumbledore does not do shit. Phineas is like, I'm a fucking portrait, and I'm going to go stir some oh, shit yeah. up. You know what? Dumbledore does say something like, Mundungus knows better. I'm like, does he? Does Mundungus yeah, ever know better? He does say something along the lines of, like, that won't happen anymore. I'm like, yeah, but it shouldn't happen in the first place. Yeah, sure. Dumble fucker. Exactly. Well, I wrote a thing that I'm really proud of. I want to read this thing. A thing for Potato Lady. <laughs> October 17, 1974. Teenage hormones. Ugh. Long, pregnant pause. Those are stage directions. I know, and I'm going to read them. (laughs) Because they're so great. Just kidding. That's how it starts. But there is redemption in this chapter. So what you may have expected to be another time where Adam is irritated by all the teenage angst this chapter is steeped in. Think again, motherfuckers! So yes, it You're does. You're doing great, honey. <laughs> You're doing great, sweetie. Honey. I think it's your You're birthday. doing great, sweetie. You're doing great, sweetie. Thanks. You're welcome. Thanks. <laughs> she just wiped a tear out of her eye. <laughs> We're back. We got the energy back. It, something happened. <laughs> I need to put on lip balm. You need to kiss. And we did it. <laughs> So yes, it does start with 
OMG, he kissed her and she kissed him and she's his sister. And that means I'm a big brother. Read the next thing as if it's an orgasm sound, but if it's like a valley girl. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. <laughs> Is that all you got? That wheeze? <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know what I'm going for? I'm going to be like, ah! Yes, it is irritating. Ron and Ginny scream at each other in what, as I read this chapter, pictured to be a stairwell in your garden variety late 90s, early aughts high school, until I remember this is Hogwarts. Yes, I may have been three sheets to the wind. Some of us are now. And Harry suddenly realizes that he has hormones too, despite what he thought of her visiting Madame Puttyfoot's last year and gets irrationally angry at Dean for necking his future wife. I told you Harry is good at divination. Uh, I think this is the most chaotic thing ever. Like, <laughs> as you're reading this thing that I wrote, I'm like, this is hard to follow, but I'm fine with it. It's entertaining. Oh, you know what else we have in this shockingly realistic chapter? The pressure of your peers to excel above all else in a very stressful environment. Ron is irritable and almost quits the Quidditch team. The Harry gives him a dose of tough love and then a dose of placebo effect. Uh, <clears throat> Felix Felicis. Wink. No, literally, I want you to wink. I know they can't see it. Just wink, goddammit. I winked at you twice. I don't know how to wink. I can't do it. <laughs> winked at you three times. Oh my god. Clutch <laughs> my pearls. Yeah, that's it, Felix Felices. <laughs> so Ron walks into that footage bench with his dick helicoptering because Malfoy is sick. And the sky's blue, motherfucker. <laughs> Anywho, it's party time. And guess where Ron is? Sticking his tongue down Lavender Brown's neck, pretending he's the basilisk sliding down into her chamber of secrets. Harry's like, oh shit, better check on Hermione. Because clearly Madame Meatloaf was trying to make it super obvious that Ron and Hermione are going to end up together at the end of the series in this chapter. She's sulking in an empty classroom. Hogwarts has so many empty classrooms because Dumbledore fired all the math teachers. It's canon! When who walks in, the basilisk and the chamber of secrets, Hermione shoots birds at Ron's head. Yes. Oh my god. All right, well, we'll see you next time. (laughs) Sorry, guys. This is who we are. Definitely the most chaotic thing ever. I think my favorite thing is, like, you would read the stage directions, and then I would react to it, and then you'd go back up to it. Like, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Well, just remember that I did follow the stage directions as well. You did? Yes. In fact, sometimes you overcompensated for them, like, winking three times. I winked three times. I did not ask you to wink I just winked again. Just for I don't know how to wink. For a while, I wasn't even able to whistle. I don't know how to whistle. Why can't you do that? Ooh, she's not very good with blowing. So this chapter is great, guys. This chapter, man. We open up in Herbology class. In Herbology. I don't know what the fuck are Snargle stumps. It sounds like they killed Snuggleupagus. Oh. And planted him in the ground. And no, demon I don't want to think like that. That's horrible. I know, but demon plants came from his dead body. So yeah, they're like not being productive at all in class. And Hermione is like, no, we can't use the spell that makes people not hear us talking. She's being a bitch about the book and the spells in it. And Harry and Ron are like, we're trying to fucking gossip, bitch. And then meanwhile, Professor Sprout's like, all y'all suck. Look at Neville. He's amazing. Exactly. I was going to say something like, Neville is running laps around you. Neville is kicking ass. Yeah. We have not seen something this specific in Herbology since the baby Mandrake story. Yeah. 
very, very interesting. One other thing that happens here is in the middle of page 281, in my book anyways, Hermione says, pass me a bowl. So they're also smoking weed. She sure say, pass me a bowl. Yep. Said Hermione holding the pulsating pod. She is smoking a blunt (laughs) when she is holding Ron's dick, okay? The pulsating pod. And then Professor Sprout goes, don't be squeamish, squeeze it out. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, Madame Meatloaf, that is gross. Why are we doing this in herbology class? Okay, we got it. We got our second win. Oh, shit. Not to go right into slug club after that, but this is where they talk about there's going to be a Christmas thing, and I was thinking about taking you Ron. Are you going to take Cormac? Yeah. Hermione is like, Slugworm's going to be a Christmas party. Harry, you have to fucking go because we're stalking you. And then Ron is like, oh, this is for special people, isn't it? And Hermione's like, yeah. He says to her, why don't you hook up with McLaggen? And she's like, well, I was going to fucking ask you, but you're a dick, so bye. <laughs> yep, right in there. <laughs> and then this is where like there's an aside with Harry, and Harry's like, it seems like they're very horny for each other. Right. And I said it in my thing, Harry's good at divination. But then this entire chapter becomes oh I just realized I have a crush on this person I have a crush on that person I am having very strong emotions all of a sudden that we'll get more into I'm sure right yeah that all happens here in neurology class he reflects back on like how awkward it is to be around Cho and he's like oh no what if Ron and Hermione are dating what if they break up or even worse what if they stay together then I'm all alone yeah I'll just fuck his sister Right. It's a very real thing. I guess it's very funny because it becomes such a theme in this. And I was kind of shocked. He's pretty upfront about Ron and Harry ending up together. And then we see him have the emotions towards Jenny. It's all on the table now. It's because Madame Meatloaf doesn't actually understand what the fuck she's talking about. She was just like, I'm just going to put it all there once. Yeah. Bunch of white heterosexual people just doing white heterosexual people. Things. Except there's also Dean. He's totally not heterosexual. And he's totally not white. Thank God. <laughs> we need someone to represent all the minorities Thank you, around here. Speaking of Dean, because Katie is at St. Mungo's, mm. he is the one who kids on the team. He is Katie's replacement. Can I tell oh. you? Oh, we're playing Pussy oh, hey. now. Hello, honey. Hey, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> when I read this, I was like, wait a minute. Because when we were recording with Ashley, we were talking about how Cormac ends up on the team when Ron gets sick because of the Amartensia. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of mixing it up here, and I was like, wait, Dean is on here. And I was like, well, of course, because Dean was going to be a seeker. Or not a seeker, chaser. the chaser. Thank you. Yeah. Whereas Ron and McLagan are the um, keepers. Yes. So that makes a little bit more sense. I was a little bit confused about that. There is so much musical Quidditch. Musical, musical chairs. Yeah, musical, musical brooms there in we Quidditch go. this season. Yeah, it totally is. Because I was like, well, why didn't he have some McLag in here? But it's a different... It's a different role on the team. He was just going to who is the easiest. People are all real butthurt about this. Yeah. It Was she there somebody better? Go, like, throw something out the window or whatever. Seamus, you know, he is never quite at, like, the forefront. But when he is, he is very temperamental. Yeah. It's very interesting. And, like, in... <laughs> it's almost funny because in the books we never see him like blow himself up but in the movie he is and it's almost like that's his temperamentalness yeah he doesn't do anything in the movie that's gonna blow himself up in the book he gets mad about not being chosen <laughs> exactly I thought it was interesting how people all of a sudden are up here he's asking and like oh you chose your roommate and your friend and it's like what if he was the best one who didn't yeah. make the team that's just how um, it is that also becomes a little bit of a theme here it's not like super prevalent but in my notes I go right from like oh Dean's on the team to Ginny and Dean are making out in the hallway. 
Yeah, they have practice. Ginny is a much better person oh, than Harry. So there is practice in the middle here. Yeah. That's but, a mess. Yes. And Ron is the one who's kind of getting like frustrated and everything. Ron's like, I'm going to quit when this is over. Harry's going back up to Gryffindor Tower and he sees Dean and Ginny and he's like, there's like an animal inside of him that wants to rip off Dean's dick. And then he wants to go back out with Ginny and then have sex. <laughs> I don't know. Whoa! Okay. You, I was like, okay, let's keep this going. <laughs> I mean, and they to do. After I mutilated your ex-boyfriend, you <laughs> just turned into your ex-boyfriend by mutilating his dick for having sex. Whoa! I don't know. So really quick before we get into that scene where where Harry oh, mutilates Gene's dick that I completely missed in the book. Whatever, it's right there. <laughs> when Ron is like. I mean, with the team, doesn't Harry give him, like, some sort of tough love? Like, the fuck you ain't because yeah, you are so, a bad bitch. Yeah, something. Harry is like, um, you were the best seeker at auditions. auditions. <laughs> fuck me. Tryouts. That was bound to come out of my mouth at one point. He's like, you're the best keeper who tried it out, Ron. Your only problem is nerves. Yeah, and he's, like, real with him, too. Yeah. I feel like he says something like, I would have kicked you off the team if you weren't the right person for it, or something like that. Oh, wait, here it is. Harry tells Ron that he would kick him off the team. It's a moment of Ron resigning, and Harry's, like, approach. It just feels so authentically, like, a friendship thing. Like, mm-hmm. this isn't, like, an easy thing for me to say, but I'm going to say it to you because I trust me and I love you. That's what it feels like to me. So I really, really love that. And that is the first moment and kind of one of Harry's is really everything else that happens here is them bitching and when they're cutting the pods out of that plant smoking the bowl. But here it's like Harry's first big thing where we see Harry, this is such a good chapter for Harry, like it starts with that and somewhere along the lines he comes up with this little game to help run mm-hmm. out. Oh yeah. I wanted to mention that specifically because it feels like it's a nice segue into like the next day. But then yeah, he does mutilate Dean in the stairwell. Yeah. Or not this, see, I keep thinking that's a yeah, stairwell. Keep thinking of the stair- but, like, that's what it is, is he just, like, sees it and Mistress Meatloaf, or whatever. <laughs> I like Mistress Meatloaf better. It was Madam Meatloaf. <laughs> Mistress Meatloaf was like, I don't know how things work. So, suddenly, Harry is just angry that he's not the one kissing Jenny. And that's how readers will know that he is in love with her. Right. And so, that's what happens is that we get to see Harry be like, But I want that to be me, and now I'm mad. It's so abrupt. And the fact that it happens in the same chapter where there's this whole thing between Ron and Hermione, I'm like, okay. Well, well then Ron comes up and he's like, Why are you making out with you with Dean like oh that? Oh my god. And then Ginny owns the fuck yes, out of him. Yes, she does. Yes, she does. She's like, oh, the only person that you know how to make out with is Aunt Muriel's asshole. Mm, Harry made out with Cho Chang. Yeah, Harry made out with Cho Chang, even though she's kind of a weepy bitch. Right, still happens. But what have you made out with? Aunt Muriel. And Probably a bunch of those potato children that are in our yard. What are they called? Gnomes. Gnomes. <laughs> Gnomes. Very easy. Very easy for me to remember, but I didn't. Oh. The potato children that are in our yard. Hermione made out with Victor Crumb. Yeah. We all know you Everybody... wanted to make out with Victor Crumb, so you're jealous of her and Victor Crumb. Right. How's Ron handle that? Who are like the top five people that Ron would make out with? That's a weird thing to ask, but <laughs> I mean, what I'm thinking Hermione is Hermione like, and Victor Crumb. But Hermione, Victor Crumb, Lavender Brown, sure. But I was just trying to think Ginny being like, you made out with Argus Filch, you made out with a giant squid, you made out with the fucking basilisk, you made out with fucking 
I will, uh, what's something else? P- Professor Grubbly Plank? Yeah, she was like, you are not my type. Right, we all know that he really wants Flutter to make out with him. Yes, because she mentions that too, like, oh, you're just hoping that the French French will make out with you, don't right? You're so fucking dumb. She owns him. She totally does. She wins that fight by way far. And so then they go to bed, and usually the way that these chapters work is like, oh, everyone was moody at night. And then they went to bed in a bad mood, and the next day was awful. Not this day. Harry wakes up, and he's like, I have a plan. And he goes down to breakfast, and he's like, I'm going to pour this in this cup, baby. And I'm sorry. The way that Hermione and Ron fall into this trap, it's like he knew that this was going to happen. Because Hermione sees it. What did you put in his drink? And then Ron is like, what are you talking about? And, oh, he's trying to, like, cheat or something. And Ron just drinks and is like, fuck you. I understand Hermione being like, are you fucking kidding me? You did this. This isn't you. But also, I fucking hate Quidditch. But I love how it has Harry being like, Hermione never understood the seriousness of Quidditch. It's just so far out of her realm of how she thinks for for these boys. Well, not just his boys, for the Quidditch players. It's just a fun little thing where you're like, yeah, Hermione is not. That is a good point. This isn't her venue. It's not her venue, but you know what? When we get to the movie, part of me really wants to say it for the movie. But not necessarily saying what the line is in the movie. Hermione did cheat a few chapters mm-hmm. ago, so there is well, that. Well, and that's kind of hanging over this. They just, like, play into it so oh nicely. Oh my god, they totally do. First of all, it's, like, the best little red herring, because even as the reader, and, like, you had said chapter titles fuck you up, that's yeah. automatically what you're thinking. You're like, oh, yeah. oh my god, of course, it's the Felix Luises. The sky is blue, the birds are singing, Malfoy is Malfoy's throwing up. not there. Fuck that. Ron getting this boost of confidence. There is a little moment where Lavender does kind of say good luck Ron yeah I'm gonna eat your face later that kind of like gives him an extra pep it is so nice and obviously made the placebo effect joke we also find out that there is the substitute Slytherin captain and his name is Urquhart that's a bad name I just had to say that I'm sorry if there's anyone named Urquhart out here listening to this podcast but your name is bad I feel bad for you we got two bad names in a row we had Cantankerous Burke and now we got Urquhart. And then Zach Smith is announcing. He's terrible. First of all, he was like, I'm a Slytherin. Now, I guess, you know, there is the whole thing of like, oh, Slytherins and Hufflepuffs are friends, you know? Oh, he's just trying to get at Harry. Why is he doing that? Right? Harry taught you how to do good at... I bet. Harry taught you how to do good. Harry taught you how to do good. You are bad, you know, Zach Smith. You know Zach Smith did pretty well on his fucking data analysis owl. Thanks to Harry. Probably. Wait, are they in the same year? Yeah. Oh, they are? Yeah. Were you not Zach Smith and Puffs? But he's not like one of the Puffs. He's like the asshole that comes in. Yeah, I mean, I guess we assume he's in the same year. I was assuming that he was like a year older or something. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. But Zach Smith is there. Lee Jordan is apparently sick as well. Lee and... Jordan is gone. Oh, he is? He's older? He was in the twins class. Oh. The twins were in seventh year last year. Oh, my God. For some reason, I always am like, Lee Jordan's a little baby. <laughs> I don't know why. I love He Lee has Jordan. that, like, lovable little, like, oh, Lee Jordan. He's so nice and squishy. He is like so squishy. Okay, that makes sense now. Damn it. They, Lee Jordan got replaced by Zach Smith. That's a downgrade, okay? Oh, major downgrade. And so Zach Smith has uh, stick up his butt because Harry Potter. Ooh. And he's just like, oh, this person isn't the usual beat for a filter. For oh, a yeah. Beater. He's a little muscle. And then everybody shows him up. Everyone does great. Ginny, like, murders it. Ginny could be a one-man team, honestly. Seriously, a one-woman team. 
She is a whole lot of woman. She's amazing. Speaking of someone else kicking ass in this chapter, uh, Harry and Jenny, yes. holy fucking shit. And like, honestly, Rhonda's too. Like, mm. the fact that this placebo effect does work is so, so cool. I like at the end when they finally win, although Harry like almost sucks that up, and they finally win, and Hermione's like, I'm gonna accidentally crash into the stands. Yeah, she did that to like fuck him up, right? And Ginny, she's amazing. This is what you get, you fucking stupid ass. Not even good at this. Shut your mouth. <laughs> You're bad at talking. After this, obviously, they have this rousing party. Everyone is. Well, the yeah. first Hermione is like, Harry, no fucking. Oh, yeah. I'd like a word with you. Okay, and prefect then, lady, guess yeah. what? You wrong. Right? And, like, Ron is, like, right there, and it's a whole thing where he's like, I did not do that. Yes, you did, and that's why everything went right. There were Slytherin players missing, and Ron saved everything. And Harry said, I didn't put it in. He said to Ron, you saved everything because you felt lucky. You did it all yourself. And then Ron said there wasn't really anything with pumpkin juice. And then Ron's like, actually, I did put a whole bunch of tequila in there. Right. And Ronnie's like, bitch, you didn't even think I could do this. Here's the cool thing about this, though, too. He did not put the potion in the pumpkin juice, but he kind of manifested it, which is magic all along, yeah. you know? Like, even before this, the sky was blue, you know? It's not like he put that Felix Felicis in the juice, even if he did, and then all of a sudden Malfoy drops dead or whatever. Right? <laughs> Harry's like, no. I, I'm going to blur no. how to brew this shit perfectly for that purpose alone. I'm going to brew this so good that when I put this in Ron's pumpkin juice, Malfoy's going to die, <laughs> and I'm going to save the book. He ain't going to kill Dumbledore. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't do it anyways, Dan, but, anyway. but Yeah, but it does backfire on him because it makes Ron and Hermione even more angry with each other. It sort of does, but part and, of me is like... But I don't think that's on Harry. Like, it's not those on Harry. To, those two need to figure their fucking selves out. I think Harry did like a good friendship moment and Hermione took it personally. Like if anything, it just gave Ron the boost that I feel like he needs most of the time. We always talk about how he's kind of the one who expects to be forgotten. Mm-hmm. The one who expects to be left out. And here it is. Like, <laughs> oh, all that power is in you to begin with. You go, boy, go make out with some lady. Ron earns this. I do too. This moment between Ron and Harry is just so nice. Truly, this is like the salty Hermione that we sometimes see when she gets like tricked or something turns out where she's not like the best. And it's never a good look. I do feel bad for Hermione. Of course. But I mean, that's a little bit further on after this. Because, you know, the party's going on and on. There's this moment where Ginny is there with Arnold and Crookshanks is like, I want that. I want that fuzzy ball. And you're like, I got you, Crookshanks, but no. You cannot murder Arnold. We love Arnold. So I had to mention that because I was like, Crookshanks has a, a crush. I like that Crookshanks is just hanging around with Jenny. Yeah, he's like, yeah, we ginger ladies need to stick together. Right. And then this shit at the end. The funny thing is, the build of Ron and Lavender has been more thoughtfully planned than, boom, this chapter, everyone has, is a crush on everyone. Boom, they're all yeah. around. That, at least, is like, ah, okay, Right, because she's, she's been there the last six chapters being like, hi, Ron, good job, hon. Yeah. Giggling, yeah. passes. All of a sudden, the craziness of like, oh, Hermione sees Ginny making out with someone. It has a visceral reaction. And the same thing happens to Hermione. It is insane. Yeah. Sort of. It's almost too coincidental that that's how it happens. Okay, well, we know since the fourth book that Hermione has had feelings for Ron. She hasn't exactly endeared herself to him in this book. I don't think we've ever seen that sort of connection between them, ever. Yes, those emotions are brewing, but we never end up seeing it click in a way. Personally, I don't even remember it clicking in the next book, because very similar to, like, book four, I see book seven as a book where Ron kind of is, like, a little immature. 
Whereas book five and book right. six so far, sort of, I mean, Hermione's better in this book, but like it's Hermione who has some growth to do. Well, I think a lot of it was that like Ron doesn't necessarily catch up to Hermione, but she's not as prepared for that as she thinks she is. Yeah, that makes sense. It is kind of interesting to see Hermione sort of escape the situation right there. Once again, Harry's a good friend to all. And he goes after her. There's now sitting in the same stairwell where Harry eviscerated Dean. <laughs> so Hermione's sitting there in the pool of his blood. and She's all like crying. She got these birds going around her head. I thought it was kind of interesting in the book because it made me think of like in a cartoon when somebody gets like knocked on the head and uh-huh. like the birds of confusion. Oh yeah. Do you want to join a band with me? And It's going to be called Birds of Confusion. I love it. Is that a yes? Yes. Okay, cool. Be a bird of confusion. What are we going to do? What's your instrument? Definitely the kazoo. Okay, good. Mine's banjo. We are fucking sad. We got it. So, birds of confusion be flying. Hermione is sad. Then guess who comes in? Lavender and Ron. And they are all lovey-dovey. Literally, uh, basically inside of each other already. <laughs> Oh my god. Whoa. Usually I'm the one who takes it like way too far. Yeah, they're like Siamese twins. They be walking up in this classroom. Oh no, Ron, you stuck it in too early. Looks like this classroom's being used. And then Hermione is like, go get them, boys. And those birds peck his eyes out. That's a bit harsh, Hermione. (laughs) Yeah. It's very upsetting that Hermione is. This boy didn't like me first. It really is. Because she's so much better than that. I wonder if some of it was the irritation of earlier of her thinking that the Felix Solisis was in the pumpkin juice and having to be, quote unquote, the right one and all of that. Then suddenly these emotions... And it's so weird because it's almost like it switches from Ginny to Hermione. It almost feels like if Ginny were there, it would be like, oh my God, Ron finally got to make out with somebody. But now it's Hermione and she has this really sudden reaction, which also kind of feels out of character for her. I think that everything is set off by Ron's reaction because she reads the whole Felix thing wrong and she was not at all prepared to be wrong about that. And she was being so righteous about what she thought Harry did and and how that was wrong. And she like goes off on that tangent and she really digs herself into a hole by being like, well, yeah, you had to have used it because everything went right. Ron was good. And basically like she insults Ron, his response, which by the way, is not even malicious. He like just responds with actually I did it and I didn't need that luck potion. But that I think sets her off in like a bad direction too. But I think she's just sitting in a really low place then. I don't think Ron did anything wrong. No, he absolutely didn't. Like, if anything, he was sticking up for himself. Right, and he should. He had every right to be like, well, thanks, Hermione. That's not a very nice thing for a friend to say. But actually, I didn't need that. And the fact that you don't believe that I can do that on my own really hurts my feelings. Like, he doesn't do that. Yeah. Like you said, it's not in character. It's not in character. It's almost like all of a sudden we see, and I'm sure there have been moments already that we've seen, like, all weakness, quote unquote, of Hermione but this is like a fresh facet to her personality that we haven't seen before yeah the only thing left that i have is when she says a pungo to like launch them birds Mm -hmm. around i literally thought when he said garofamy i thought that was like a counter curse but it's not just (laughs) saying get off i think that would be great if that were a counter garofamy and those birds are like we're gonna go kill you next man so bad. I told you it was a cop out. Is it one word at a time? We have to describe Ginny Refill. Who did it? 
<laughs> Who did it? Who done it? Who are we doing it with? I'm never going to say his name right. Urquart? Yeah. Urquart? Urquart. Zach Smith and the other guy. The other guy. What is his name? The guy whose name doesn't suck. Oh, the new chaser? Yeah, that guy. His name's like, what, Hanson? It's something lame. What if it was all of Hanson? The band. The Mbops. Mbops. They're all riding on the same broom. They're one person sometimes. Okay, fuck my hair and kill that broom. And then people on that broom, I guess. The three Hanson brothers? Yeah. I'm a prefer for that. I can't distinguish them enough. They're one entity. Well, you were definitely not a handsome fan when you were 12. Like I was. All I know was the song Umba. Everybody does. So the new seeker, who is uh, Logan, is another name. Yeah, that's it's a to stupid me. name. He fucking sucks. For some reason, I think his name is Logan. His name is Logan now. Okay, okay. Is now Logan Hansen, Urquhart, and Zach Smith. Zach Smith. Okay, well, I was gonna kill Urquhart because I just don't like the Vince energy Steve. that name. No, Harper. Harper. Okay. See, Hanson Harper. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually going to kill Harper because something about Harper's, like, actions in this, I just not did not replicate the right way. I feel like Harper is a fuck around motherfucker. I don't like it. So, murder Harper. Urquhart, unfortunately, I'm going to have to fuck you. I don't know much about you. Your name is awful. (laughs) Hopefully other things about you are fine. And so I'm going to actually marry Zach Smith because I am Zach Smith and we are one and the same. I'm definitely going to fuck Zach Smith. That seems like it could be entertaining. Yeah. And I'm going to kill her quad because I hate that name. It's stupid. I understand 100%. I'll I'll marry Harper. Just, you know, he's there. Tara Harper. Tara Urquhart. I didn't change my name. I did not consent to name changes. I guess. I said I'm marrying. Tara Urquhart has a nice ring to What if he changed his last name to mine? Urquhart. What's that? What if his name is Urquhart Urquhart? (laughs) (laughs) Urquhart Corkery. Urquhart Corkery does not come off the tongue as nice as Tara Urquhart. It's Urquhart. That is the part that does not roll off the tongue. Urquhart Urquhart. This movie is great, okay? They do great. So the footage looks great. Some of the like most exciting footage moves that we've ever seen. The whole thing that happens at breakfast, because once again, it's a misplaced scene. They kind of jumble things around. But Luna is the one who's like, you put something in his right. pumpkin juice. Right. And, and everyone's like, what? What the fuck? And then Ron is like, let's go fuck this up, bitches. Right. Like, like he instantly feels it. I would normally be like, oh my god, why did we change this? Why did we add Luna to this scene? But, like, we need Luna because we love her so much. Yeah. It kind of also makes sense because they were talking about Slug Club. It happens right before this, which hasn't happened yet in the book. So this is where the whole Cormac McLagan thing comes up. It kind of makes sense. Ron has eggs and toast and it looks very beautiful. It does. It looks quite delicious. Those house elves are very... They are fucking magical. They are reading Ah. Julia Child's books, who is also a wizard, as we keep talking about. Yes. So it's breakfast. It's like, oh, Harry and Ginny were fucking at the party last night, but I'm not going to tell you that, Ron. Fake's putting the stuff in the pumpkin juice. I do kind of like Hermione noticing it because that feels more natural to me, but Luna's there. It's okay. She's wearing her lion head. We love it. Yeah, we love it. And the conversation that Hermione and Harry have after. Oh, like at the very end? Yeah, is nice. 
It's really no, no, no. I don't. Well, that part too. But I mean, like, she's like, you shouldn't have done it, and he's like, oh, you know, he like pulls out the vial and it's still sealed. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. Before we get to that, of course, we get the Quidditch game. Very active shots and stuff. Ron is making good saves. Boom, they win. He's like straddling his broom, being like, "Fuck yeah, I'm the King Weasley, motherfucker." It like transitions really nicely into the party. Mm-hmm. He be making out with Lavender, and Hermione's like, "No." You see Harry and Hermione talking and they're just like off to the side yeah and then they see them start making yes that's right so another thing about this i mentioned it sort of in the book portion i loved that they did this where she's like you know you really shouldn't have used the felix ways and she's like oh really would you prefer that i used a confundus or something like that yeah and she's like taking it back and then he's like look i didn't give it to him anyways you judgy bitch and then they look up and yeah, they're really eating is. each other's faces and Hermione has this like very sudden And reaction. she like runs out and Harry chases her and is a very nice friend. Yeah. At the very least, I kind of like the way the movie did this more because it's not like they have this little fight where Hermione's like, Ron suck. Right. You know, it feels like it's more of a reaction of like, oh my God, seeing Ron actually kiss somebody yeah. else has me in it's this. It's much more charitable to Hermione because Hermione is not great in the book there. Yeah, because actually throughout the entire movie, I think, Every shot you see of Hermione, she's doing this little smirk, like, everything's yeah. going well, blah, blah, I still think that Harry biked Ron. But there's also this nice little moment of Lavender coming up and wishing Ron yeah. good luck, of course. When Hermione runs off, it's in the stairwell, and that's when I was like, oh, wait, maybe I thought something. That stairwell. It's very specific, because it's kind of a gloomy-looking stairwell. I forgot about the birds when we were watching the movie, because I thought they were almost bugs around, like, a lamp. Oh. That's kind of what it looked like. It's kind of sudden how she just goes right into this mood of being really, really distraught by this. And the fact that Harry, of course, follows her and is a good friend. The only thing I don't love is, but I understand why they did it in the movie, and I said this to you when we were watching it, is Hermione being like, is this how it feels when you look at Ginny and Dean together? Because I don't love the whole thing where she's way more into Harry and Ginny than anyone else at this point. But I get why they did it in the movie, just to kind of like push that along. I guess, but have we ever seen any inclination of that yet? I don't know that we have. I don't think that they've done that with the movie. Like, all they've shown so far is that Harry was horny for that really hot chick in the first scene. Yeah. She's fair. She's hot. Exactly. And then there's the other whole thing with, like, Cormac talking about Hermione. Like, we haven't even seen Romilda Vane yet. And we know that she's in the movie because Mm -hmm. if you're on Patreon, kind of a part of this Patreon. Yeah, but... but yeah, but that's the only thing was it doesn't really give us room for Hermione to even like be invested in that yet. And it sucks because it's actually a very lovely scene between the two of them. It's very nice acting between the two of them and it's a lovely scene, but it's also like, eh. Harry has literally not really shown any interest in Ginny the way that you're trying to tell the story yeah. that he has. But yeah. otherwise, I think that it's great. And I agree. I really, really do love the movie. I still give it five stars. Mm-hmm. But at the end of that scene, another thing that I don't like in the same way of that is she still sends the birds to Tehran. And mm-hmm. they kind of just like hit a door and now those birds are dead. They yeah. Don't do anything. First of all, those birds did not ask to exist. That, well, yeah, that's true. They aren't fake birds. Magical ones. They are just birds we conjured out of nowhere. Yep. Sad birds that did not ask to exist. But also, Hermione has less of a reason for those birds to attack Ron. Now, Hermione really is just angry at Ron because he's making out with Ronder. Now, more than anything, this is where I was like, okay. The way that she was like, whoopsie. 
guess this classroom is busy. That's a pretty shady thing. Like yes. you're like lavender. Come on, bitch. Yes. And like it that comes out of nowhere too, because she's been so sweet and everything up till this point. If I were Hermione, send those birds after lavender. Ron didn't really do any Ron didn't I mean, but at the same time you. she shouldn't send the birds after either of them. Like they're Truly. just all being kids. Lavender doesn't deserve that either. She's just like, maybe right there, she'd be a little snarky bitch, but be attacked by birds. You're totally right. There was no reason. The only other thing I have to say is, like, after this, we see, like, through the Gryffindor Tower, Ron and Lavender going upstairs to, you know, finish the deed. Right. And then right next to it, we see Draco on the Stromedy Tower, and I'm like, wow, it's, like, right there. It's right there. And I was like, that is really cool cinematography. I love the movie. There's some really great things in this movie, and this is a great scene. Yes. Absolutely. Once again, very simple points. First of all, plus three to Harry. I mean, I love this little ruse, this red herring that he does and making everybody think that he put the Felix Felicis in the juice. He is a good friend to Ron when he says that he wants to quit. He's a good friend to Hermione at the end. Sure, he does murder Dean, but eh, no one's perfect. <laughs> Speaking of, plus 20 to Ginny. Uh because she when? slays Ron, but then also even later, when she's on the team with Ron, it feels like even though there's all this drama, that brother-sister drama kind of dissipates and mm-hmm. it's no longer a thing. And then, of <clears> course, <throat> Ginny attacks x Men. so. Fuck that guy. Yes. Plus 20 to Ron as well. Because even though he starts the chapter in a low point, Harry taught him that all of the power was in him. Oh, he's he great. did all of that and he's then he fucking great he kind of proved his sister wrong <laughs> and like if anything like it would have been funny to see Jenny be like oh you finally made out with somebody at the end that feels like a more full circle moment she probably did it's just on the page yeah that is probably true in the end of the day he really didn't do anything wrong he didn't betray Hermione or anything and zero points to Hermione and Lavender for some reason I was gonna give Hermione points and then I was like okay this like moodiness and Everything at the end is not worth it. I think if I had to reassess, I probably would have taken points away from Hermione, but, you know, it is what it is. And Lavender, I was actually going to give her points, too, for being cute at the beginning, but then the little, like, snarky thing at the end, that feels more like an even zero to me. Yeah, that's fair. So, no points to or from Hermione or Lavender. Just a warning. You both got a warning, bitches. That's right. No more cattiness, okay? Speaking of cattiness, what's the next chapter that we're It reading? is chapter 15, The Unbreakable Vow. Oh boy, we're going to get back into some Bellatrix and Snape drama. I don't know. I'm just remembering the last time. Snape. Uh-oh. Yeah. It's been a minute since we hung out with Snape, oh, so. Hermione. Her, I just called you Hermione. Oh, thank uh, you. I was Tara's unrequited love. Oh, yes. My love of Snape. Oh, you mean his unrequited love for me? Yeah. Obviously, Snape would love me. She was, she's like, me. I wish his name was Urquhart Snape. <laughs> then I would be like, that poor so kid. in love. His name is Urquhart. Urquhart, Urquhart. <laughs> it's a bad name. All right. Well, I don't have anything else Yeah, to say. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. That's it. That's it. Good one. I like that. Ready? One, two, three. That's That's it. it. Basic Snitches is recorded and produced by Adam Bowers and Tara Gorkery. Thanks so much for listening. Be sure to rate us five stars on your listening app of choice and share us with all your other friends who love Harry Potter and getting drunk. Yes. 
Join our social media pages. Facebook, Instagram. I never update Twitter, but we have that. We do. Also email basicsnitches at gmail.com. We also now have a website, basicsnitches.com. And a Patreon, patreon.com slash basicsnitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out! <laughs>